If you like weird history, true crime, haunted and paranormal, then pause the podcast you're listening to right now and subscribe to Ghost Town wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have a video component to our favorite Ghost Town episodes at youtube.com slash Jason Horton. Episodes like The Los Feliz Murder House, The Toxic Lady, The Black Dahlia, Janis Joplin's Hotel Room, The Haunted Roosevelt Hotel, and more. Just go to youtube.com slash Jason Horton. That's youtube.com slash J-A-S-O-N-H-O-R-T-O-N. And while you're there, please subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Thank you. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's the Friends Without Benefits podcast. My name is Jason Horton, and I'm here with actor, white guy. Definitely white guy, Jew. Jew. Yeah. I mean, what else? Scruffy person. Yeah. A V-neck. V-neck wearing Uh, uh, ass hat. Yes. Yeah. Person. Person. (laughs) Adam Rose. (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) What's going on? Uh, Not much, man. How you doing? Well, we're... uh, we're podcasting. Right? We are. We're podcasting. We're just on your podcast. We just did my podcast, Rosecast. Rosecast. Um, you're now on mine. I'm now on yours. So now the spotlight's on you. Oh. For the first time Ever. in your life. Ever. <laughs> uh, it's, what's interesting is that- I've never felt better, actually. We kind of met through, I think, your kind of, um, you know, I'll say interest, but you're, you're getting heavily into YouTube Absolutely. And, 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 and the digital space. Absolutely. But you come from traditional. Yeah. The mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I guess arguably, I guess like I'm like, you know, have been doing the digital thing, but I want to, I want to do what you're doing. Which, which I'm starting to realize a lot. Like a lot of the people that I'm talking to, they consider YouTube and digital yeah. uh, content in general to be some sort of a stepping stone yeah. to TV and film. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of, I'm not moving away from TV and film, but I'm really trying to embrace the digital side of things because of the freedom it gives me. Yeah. So I, it's just interesting that we're both kind of, I don't know, we're both on like different like the sides of the yeah. same coin. That doesn't, I don't know what that means. No, I but you're right. It. I mean, I think we're, we're, we were on different sides yeah. and now we're meeting in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so you're a real actor. I was just going to say, you're a real actor. <laughs> yeah. Working actor. Yes, that's true. I mean, I, I you know, I, I make I, my living uh, acting. Yes. yes. Which is like, I'm a little bit of a hater when it comes to living in Los Angeles and a lot of people posturing and, Saying a lot of things that they can't back up, and what what I love about like YouTube or I was like I can back up everything I say. I can prove it in metrics. Like I don't. Ever, yeah, you've got the numbers. To I got prove the it. numbers. I don't need to lie. Uh, uh, and yes, I, I'll leverage things. But I think a lot of people in LA, and you probably probably met them, is a lot of people um, are uh, they just say they do. Like I said, I meant you know here's my business card. I'm like an actor, director, producer, visionary, and I'm like. But you make your living working at, like, Staples. Right. What have you uh, created? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. But <laughs> I, I have these ideas, like, in, like, you know, on my iPhone. I wrote half a script last last 
decade. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like it's just, it's in development. And I'm like, it's just a lot of um, posturing. In yeah, Los Angeles. absolutely. Well, but, because you know, it's like all about um, you know, uh, what's it? Uh, pers- uh, perception. Perception. Yeah. yeah, it's all about perception. But you actually make a living doing what you say you're doing. This is true. Which, regardless of anything, is I, I think is the most important thing. Oh, thanks. So let's go back. And how did like how did that how do you go from like like because when you were born you didn't even have an agent when you were born no no most people I've learned most don't don't have an agent when most. they're born yeah most let's not let's not get <laughs> I don't crazy. Wanna, I, listen I don't like to say I don't like uh, uh, absolutes right. you know what I mean <laughs> so you were born you didn't have an you didn't have an you didn't have an agent you didn't even have a real no no real <laughs> yeah. I mean your no, headshots were terrible no and, and it was yeah. just your sonogram <laughs> terrible headshots you yeah. could barely see my face it was yeah. more of a profile well, which yeah. just for anybody getting into the acting world don't yeah. have a profile as a as a headshot <laughs> how do you go from when you were when you were born, you literally booked. You were not on a veil. <laughs> no, I was nothing. I no one even know who I was. Yeah. really, except for my parents. Yeah, and, and they aren't in the industry. No, they are not at all. Um, no. How do you go from like what was the trajectory of going from being born and being a nobody, <laughs> a nothing, <laughs> not bookable? You know what I mean? Like nobody wanted me. Nobody was interested in you. Um, to going from that to being. A real human being, yeah. validated by being on by on, television. By television, because <laughs> would you say that your like television is your like main thing, right? I don't know, actually. Uh, I mean, I guess I've worked more in television than I have worked in film. But that being said, I've done a bunch of film also. So we're gonna talk all about because I'm a little bit, a tiny bit, of a star fucker. Nice. But, but here's the Congratulations. thing: Congratulations. It's not. It's for very, very random stuff. Right. Because, all right, I grew up in, in uh, New York, and I was you know born in New Jersey, and I've always lived about an hour outside of the city. But, like, I, I have always been, like, I've, I've loved television. I love movies as a kid. Like, you know, Three's Company and the, MTV's The State is, like, the things where I was like, oh, I, I think this is funny. Like, I want to be this. Sure. At a very, like, young age, you know, Three's Company when I was young and The State, you know, when a little bit later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nothing in between, huh? But I watched that and the magic of watching that, it really did transport me. Like I, I was just like, what must their lives be like both on a show and in real life? And I was always just, I, I, I always just kind of like, um, I never took it as kind of like, they're just regular people. I don't know. I've always just like had a very like, you put them on a pedestal. I always put them on a pedestal and not in a way it's like, Oh, you're, you're a better human being. But it's like, no, I mean, this is a very, and I still am like that, you know, people could be like, oh man, you're, people tell me like, oh, you're famous because, uh, because of YouTube. You are. Or maybe, but here's the thing is like, no, because I'm not, like for me, it's like, I don't think I, well, number one, I never think that I am because I just never think of myself like that. Because I always think other people are like that. Right. Um, right. You know. Anybody Jack, but yeah. you. Jack Tripper from Three's Company, uh, it, you know, to me is like, no, that's, or the Beatles, like. That to me is like no, th- th- those people are famous. Like, and I'm not right. those people. Um, so how do you how do you go from uh, from being a nothing, being just nothing. to what I think is uh, a something? Um, well, it started when I was uh, eight years old. Yeah, um, I 
Yeah, I, in New York. I, in New York City. That's yeah. where I grew up. Yeah. I was born in Israel and then moved. Oh, hold on. The, 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 the podcast over. Yeah, just no, no, tell no, no, me no, no, about no, no, it. No, 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 no. Podcast over. I don't want this to get political. Where I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm let's get into Zionism. Yeah, let's do this. Wait, you're not even a real American. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm now an American citizen uh, because I I got that when I was 12 years old. I think. And then, so you come here, you take up all our jobs. All the jobs. Because all the working class need to be recurring on, yes, <laughs> on, exactly. on, uh, on network television. Yeah, I'm taking all of the good jobs, really. Um, but Do you know any Hebrew? I do, yeah. I understand pretty much all of Hebrew, and uh, I can I can hold up a conversation of sorts. Okay, I'm going to give you bust out some words to you. Okay. You tell me th- this is – Honestly, like this is why I like not doing too much research because yeah. then I can really like make this authentic. Yeah. What does okay, maze, maze is is what what is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? Now answer that question. No, I'm kidding. What is that? <laughs> In a worldly sense, what is this? Uh, okay, zona. Zona is bitch. Yep. Yes. Uh, my my and and if you and if you want to say son of a bitch, yeah. it's Benzona. Yes, Benzona. Okay, Benzona. Um, now here's one I've actually used to try to be cute when uh, there was a girl that was uh, she was from Israel. Oh yeah, um, she was very very hot, and I was trying to like you know flirting with her and stuff yeah, like course. that. Of um, course. I used the word Nishika. Nishika is kisses. Yeah. See, yes. you see how that works? I love that. And I'm just like, I'm an American, but and, I do know a little bit you of You know Hebrew. how to say, like, I love you, right? And the Ohevatah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because my um, my uh, sister, which is my, my dad's, um, you know, r- half-sister, I guess, right. is um, speaks fluent uh, Hebrew. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Because, Why? Well, her 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 mother is, is from Israel. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, or Yemen or whatever. One of those places. One of those, not America. <laughs> um, so I, I've heard, and my dad speaks it, uh, I think, a little bit. Um, so I've just overheard a lot of these uh, of these words. Okay. Miochevet. Um, Miochevet. I like. Yeah. Yeah. I um, love or I love yeah. either or. Uh, I'm just, I'm just kind of quizzing you, dude. I, I'm, I I'm believe... legit, man. Yeah. I, I'm um, the real deal. Uh, I'm a holy child born in Jerusalem. Yeah, no, you are a son of Abraham. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, so you came – so when did you move to – New York. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was – I was two years old. Okay. It wasn't I, – I didn't come by myself. My right. parents kind of uh, took the took the lead on that. And um, yeah, moved to the States with my uh, parents and two brothers uh, to New York City. I was two years old. And then uh, around eight years old – my brother, who at the time was like striking looking, now he's still a good looking guy, but he looks less like a girl now. Okay. And at the time, he sort of like he was such a pretty boy that he yeah. looked like a girl. And he got picked up off the street by a producer, and he was like, and the producer was like, "Come audition for the Sweet Tarts commercial." He doesn't book the Sweet Tarts commercial, but liked what he was doing. Someone in our that lived in the building that we lived in was like, "Hey, I know this talent manager. Why don't you take Gabe, my brother, to this talent oh, Jew. manager?" Jew, 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 total Jew. Um, all of us. That's going to be a common theme in <laughs> yeah. this episode. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and so we uh, so he, they set up this appointment with this talent manager, and I beg my mom to go and i'm like i won't say anything i just want to go and see what they do there and i went with my brother and i wouldn't shut up and they signed both of us to a four-year contract and we started going on auditions and my brother after like a year just sort of stopped doing it Did he was anything 
he booked a couple plays and a few commercials, and then he just wasn't really into it. He got really into playing the clarinet and into his studies. He's he just not, wanted to get beat up. Like, he was just like, I'm not getting beat up fast enough. He's a doctor now. Okay. So, like, that's, so, what, that's what... So he can buy and sell us ten exactly. times over. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he, you know, he cl- clearly knew where he was headed, and, and I just kind of kept going with it. And so... You know, starting around, it took about a year of auditioning before I booked anything. And then around nine, I started working and doing films and and TV and theater, a lot of theater. Which is, you know, because New York, I mean, there is obviously um, production and and, and stuff like that. But a lot of people come out to L.A. because there's more production. Absolutely. Especially for TV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless Law and Order, the 10,000 Law and Orders. Which is the one show that in New York that I didn't do. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, you must have done Law and Order. You're right. from New York. And I, and I every single time have to go, nope, that's the one thing I haven't done. And I don't know why. I auditioned for it like a million times probably, and they just never. So, I mean, you're kind of – your 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 story is like one of those things that are like – I mean – it sounds like oh it, like oh that's how it happens you know what I mean like a producer sees you off the street and then you show you know what I mean like right right but that's not how it happens mostly no not at all and in fact I mean that was just that was really just a small little catalyst in in you know and in, in, in the the journey to where I am right now um, you know that's I, I feel like I would have still wound up in the same business had that not happened because I loved performing and it was just a big part of my life. I was doing school plays and things like that, and uh, and I was obsessed with movies and TV. I mean, I didn't have a lot of friends when I was a kid because I was kind of short for my age and just odd in general. And so that that was my 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 home was was just tv and watching movies and we had free pay-per-view so i'd watch any movie that came on pay-per-view i would watch over and over and over again until i knew it by heart and that was just me and your parent your 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 parents were were supportive of uh yeah very supportive i mean my mom was an opera singer for a long time so she kind of understood the entertainment world a little bit not much because it's opera so it wasn't as mainstream but um but yeah, my dad was an engineer or is an engineer, you know, that's all that's what he does. So, yeah, not really uh, in the industry, but very much so supportive. And yeah, they, as long as I was happy, they were cool. They were totally fine with whatever I wanted to do. Have you ever had uh, I'm going to kind of just jump around. Have you yeah. ever had a, a like a, a like a real job? Yeah, OK, so when I first moved out here yeah. after a couple of years, I started getting really depressed and I eventually, and it wasn't cause I wasn't working cause I did work every once in a while and enough to stay afloat. But I, I think I just had so much free time yeah. more yep. than I was yeah. ever used to. And because I was in Los Angeles and still finding my group of friends and things like that. There are like, others, there's other white Jews out here. That there act, are, yeah. I just hadn't found them yeah. yet. And so I was at home a lot. And kind of sleeping until noon and being really depressed. And and eventually I realized, like, oh, it's because I'm not doing anything. Like, I need to keep busy or else I will fall into this rut. So I (laughs) I was like, all right, I'm going to get a job for the first time in my life. I'm going to get a real job. How old are you at this point? I was – 
uh, I want to say I was like 20 or 21 years old. Okay. And they were like, hey, what's your job experience? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I've done a lot of theater. Yeah. Like, great. <laughs> I was on The Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I find on Craigslist an interview to be a host because I'm like, I, I'm going to suck at being a server because I don't like touching other people's food and stuff like that. So I'll be a host. I can do that. I can put on a smile, show people to their seat, do all that kind of thing. And I go to an interview at the Grand Lux Cafe at the Beverly Center. Do you know that one? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's I, like a, is that an off, is that like a Cheesecake Factory? It is. Yeah. Same company. So when, uh, when you watch the orientation video that they make you watch, it's for the Cheesecake Factory. Okay. And all of the like items that you're supposed to suggest are not actually on the Grand Lux okay. menu. So they're just like kind of talking to you throughout the entire menu telling you, oh, like this isn't – don't listen to this part. Don't listen to this part. Uh, but anyway, I got that job. It was my first interview. I got the job. And I show up the first day, and it's insane. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been there, but there's like, I don't know, probably 100 tables at yeah. least in no particular order in terms of the numbers. I'm not rich like you are, but I have gone there once in a while. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, they, they, all the tables are numbered, but – in no particular order. Like they'll have like 30 through 45 and then the next number will be like 62 through like 70 or something like that. No, Just no sense whatsoever and you have to go around with this little pager thing and press. It was a nightmare and I went home the first day. I was exhausted. I think I made that day $30. <laughs> Were you a waiting table? I wasn't. I was just a host. Okay. And it was just like running from the front to the back. Yeah. But as a host, you also had to, like, look and see what tables were now ready to be bussed and then plug that into the little beeper. I mean, it was, like, a lot of stuff to be doing just for to be a host. And I went home, and I was like, there's just no way I'm going to be able to do this, especially because I worked all day, and I made, like, I don't know, 40 bucks or something like that. And it was – and I just called, and I said, I, I, won't, I won't be in tomorrow. And that was, that was the extent of – the real job. So you've had one kind of, <laughs> kind of uh, corporate, like can't really W9 even, job, whatever you want to call barely. it. Barely. I mean, yeah. you can, I, I think I, I basically just, you know, I I touched base one day with, yeah. with, with a job. Did, and it, then, did, did that kind of um, make you kind of like – did it put things in perspective for you? A little bit, yeah. I mean it, it basically uh, told me, okay, I know I need to be busy – but I can't be doing stuff like that because I'm not – I can't progress myself doing stuff like that. And if I don't absolutely need that money, I'd rather be spending my time doing something else. So then it became about like creating a schedule for myself and really holding myself accountable for the things that I'm, I say I'm going to do, whether it's writing or making a video or whatever it is. And I really got into writing at that point. That was when I started writing screenplays and like more seriously. I had done it when I was a kid. But um, never in a really serious way. And I started really studying that art form and uh, applying myself to it as much as possible. Yeah. I'm going to jump back. Jump back. I'm going to jump back. What was like the first couple of like TV things that you – Well, the very first job was a music video for the Cardigans. Love. I love the card. Do you really? Love First Band on the Moon is like I listened to that album like ten thousand times. I've so you know the song Love Me. Love. Yeah, yeah. I was in that music video. If I go watch it, will I will I notice? If you don't blink, okay, you'll find me as a nine-year-old uh, boy swimming in the ocean because it was like that song was for Romeo and Juliet yeah. the movie, 
And so they had this Romeo and Juliet type story for the video, even though it had nothing to do with Romeo and Juliet, really, because Romeo like puts a message in a bottle sure. and then sends it out to the ocean for Juliet. And so I'm like, all these people in the ocean are like trying to get to the bottle because they see it and they can't get to it because it's meant for Juliet and she eventually gets it at the end. But for a second, I'm one of the kids like reaching for the okay. bottle. That was my first job. And the day I found out about that job, was the day or I'm sorry the day I shot that job was the day I found out about deconstructing Harry which is a Woody Allen movie and uh and it was a big deal for me mainly because I got to work with Robin Williams and I was I was just in love with Robin Williams at the time um he was one of my heroes and uh and I had no idea who Woody Allen was (laughs) And yeah, and so that was that was my my first real gig was that movie. And how long like how long were you there working? I worked for three days, yeah. uh, same amount of time as Robin Williams. Um, no idea what the movie was about because Woody Allen doesn't tell yeah. anybody what the movie's about unless you're in every scene. You don't get the script. You yeah. only get your scenes. Okay. And that was it. I mean, uh, three days. Uh, you know, working with Robin and Julie Kavner and uh, and Woody and and then that was it. And and I made a really good friend, Eric Lloyd, who ended up uh, we're still friends today. Yeah. Um. What, okay, so you did that. Yeah. W- were you like around everyone else? Like, oh, I'm in a Woody Allen movie. I don't need to listen to what you have to say to me. No, not at all. Because I had no idea who Woody Allen was, oh, okay. and I was also kind of a meek. Yeah. little boy at the time um i didn't i wasn't very like boisterous yeah. at all um and yeah i mean i i again i didn't have a lot of friends or did anything did you go to school like formally? yeah I, I went to school i went to public school yeah. all my life um and in elementary school it became a little bit of an issue because you know i'd have to miss school sometimes for jobs and then i started doing a cartoon right around the same time actually for the disney channel and I did it for three years, and I would get made fun of mercilessly yeah. for that. What cartoon is it? It was called PB&J Otter on the Disney Channel. And I played Peanut Otter. And, I mean, what a cool job to have. Yeah. And now I wish I was doing a cartoon again. You're like, guys, um, let's bring it back. Seriously. <laughs> um, but at the time... I remember, yeah, like kids were super mean. I, I would get made fun of for being a cartoon character. Yeah. So that's really odd. And now you'd be like... The coolest person ever. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, oh, uh, then what comes next? 
So like, after, yeah, after the um, the cartoon or during the cartoon, really, because I did it until I was about twelve years old. I was just yeah auditioning a lot. This is all in New York. All in New York, auditioning a lot, doing commercials, doing uh, a, a little TV spot here and there. Actually, I actually found out that we were both on Ed. Um, well, I was on it probably differently than you were. Yeah. Well, how were well, you? Let on me it? tell you my experience with it. Yeah. Ed is something. It was that the bowling I, alley lawyer. The bo- yes, yeah. great show. Love the show. Yeah. Michael Black was on it. One of my heroes. Tom Cavanaugh is fantastic. Great, a totally underrated show. I was on it. I, I was like, um, that's how I made my money to move to San Diego. Oh wow! Because I mean, I will see. You were on it because um, you had talent. <laughs> I was on it because I was literally like a human prop. <laughs> um, but basically what I was is I was uh, granted at 28, 29, one of the regular high school students. Yes. That was how you were credited. Yes. As high school student. And there is like scenes of me just sitting in the back like kind of jockish, like like – and I was just like kind of way too – but there was – I remember there was people that were like – I remember like a girl who was like 36 and she was one of them. Yeah, because that was – I mean that was still at the time where like yeah. people didn't give a shit. Can I say yes. shit on, yes. on your podcast? You can't say give though. I can't say give. You okay. say take. People take a shit. <laughs> yes. On <laughs> about um, you know a, a yeah. age on you know it was at the time where every high school person yeah. quote unquote on TV was like in their thirties. Yeah. And now you don't see that. I, at all. I made like some. I mean, because I you know I would uh, you know do a lot of uh, you know overtime and golden time. You know all that kind sure, of stuff. Sure. Yeah. I made tons of money and i was like oh i don't i just want to literally like do that like i was literally just doing it um, sweet gig right it was a very very sweet gig if you are an extra and you're in sag and or you're you know you get bumped up you know whatever you get these little yeah. things or whatever yeah. um and you were they're they like no no bring this guy back you can't bring him because they wanted some like this they wanted to see familiar faces right um in there uh but i mean in new jersey my you know home like in near uh where i used to live and it was an amazing so were you on it like what was your i did one episode and it was it actually i was also a high school student yeah and there was some uh case that he was working on with like a drama teacher okay. i think i remember and i was one of the drama students yeah. and i think my one role was just like my one line was just like talking to the teacher and i'm like hey i really think we should do this one dance yeah. in our show and then i do the dance yeah and it's like some stupid ridiculous move and the teacher's like yeah no i don't i don't think so and that's the entire thing that was my entire spot on that show um i'm gonna blow your mind what so uh, that i found it so now this is in a, a little city called san diego yeah veronica mars yeah that's where i shot yeah uh because now i had already probably moved to la at this point that you were because what year were you on it god oh man that was jeez that was like seven years ago now so 2007 ish yeah something like that so this for me was 2000 probably 2005 okay i was um the, the guy who played logan Yes. Uh, I was his stand-in. Oh, really? For a, for a lot of it, yeah. No way. Yeah. And again, money for me to move to Los Angeles. Yeah, why not? Um, so I, I – because I lived in San Diego at the time, obviously, you know. Yeah. So I was there like making tons of money just being a stand-in. His or name is also Jason. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Jason Love. During. During, during yeah. Yeah. Uh, Love the show. It was a great show. It was super cool. Like, everyone was everyone was cool. And, like, again, made a bunch of – but, yeah, so, like, bef- so I paved the way 
For me. For you <laughs> yeah. to go there and actually act. Yeah, and that was honestly, that was one of the biggest milestones yeah. for me as an actor because... Now, were you, were you in living out here at the... I was living out here. And you moved from New York to L.A. when? Uh, that was in 2005. Okay. And I moved here because I... I auditioned for a play in New York yeah. that was being done out here at the Amundsen. Okay. And I booked it, and they relocated me yeah. out here. What play is that? It was called uh, Dead End. Okay. And it had a bunch of great people in it, Jeremy Sisto and, and Joyce Van Patten mm-hmm. and Catherine Hahn and mm-hmm. just, like, really amazing. Uh, Tom Everett Scott yeah. who's a good friend still. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they they brought me out here, and we did the play, and I had a whole group of friends because of it. And... Um, and I just stayed after that because I always knew I was going to spend some time out here. And, uh, and I figure, you know, now I have a little head start, so I'll, I'll just stick around. And, and that was, was that Veronica Mars, one of your first big, like, uh, television jobs? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, here's why it was a big deal is because I auditioned for it just to be a guest star on it. Uh, just to do one episode where I'm selling tests to one of the supporting actors, Percy Daggs mm-hmm. the third. The black guy, of course. The black guy is the black cheating, guy. right? The black yes. guy, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and but really, it was the white guy who was cheating yeah. and, and making money off of it. Um, and so I did that episode, and then all of a sudden they called me and they said, "Hey, do you want to come do another episode?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course." I go do another episode, and then they asked me to do a third episode. And when I get the script for that third episode, which was written by Diane Ruggiero, who's a brilliant writer, uh, it's all about my character. Oh. The like my ca- the my the case of the week was me hiring Veronica Mars, oh. and it was such a big deal for me because I one I had never recurred on a show before, and two I had never been like asked back like that. And Rob Thomas, the creator. Uh, not 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 the guy from Matchbox. 20. Not the guy from Matchbox Twenty. Don't Other freak out. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Um, uh, he called me on my phone, which was also the first time that had ever happened in the business. Like where you had him. This is Rob. Yeah, no, I don't exactly. know how he sounds like. No, it was just like, hey, this is Rob Thomas, and I'm like, wow, hi, what's up? <laughs> and he was just super nice and told me what a great job he thought I did and that they love me on the show. And I ended up doing pretty much the rest of the episodes of that season. And it was just... Then you got killed off. No, and then the show got... Uh, can't Not canceled, but it just ended. So you... Uh, so I, I ruined the show. You ruined the show. I ru- I mean, I've ruined I a lot of shows. shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they didn't make uh, Deconstructing Harry 2, did they? No, they didn't. In fact, I don't think Woody Allen ever made another movie after no, that. No, he didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was just a huge deal. And then it comes full circle to right now because... Um, I just did iZombie not too long ago, okay. and Rob Thomas also created that show. And did you do that in Canada? That was in Canada and Vancouver, yeah. Was the, was the director female? No, the director was not female. They have a bunch of different directors? Of course, oh, yeah. Oh, because a guy that I work out with, his wife, I don't know, is uh, directing some of the episodes, I think, in Canada awesome. right now. Awesome. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just, we're just curious. It's the first time I've ever heard of the show. So. It's a great show. It uh, it reminds me a lot of Ronnie. It's iCarly, but they're all zombies. <laughs> no, oh. very, very different. <laughs> oh, um, no, it's, it's, uh, it's a great show. Yeah. It's a great show. It's based on a graphic novel. Okay. Um, definitely check it out. It's on the CW. And I, yeah, I did the second season premiere 
And uh, spoilers, spoilers, I got to be the bad guy. Oh. Yeah. Not just because you're Jewish. Not just because I'm Jewish, but because I look the way I look. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> Which is Jewish. So what has been some like, and you've done, what are you most known for being on? Well, funnily enough, I'm probably most known for Supernatural. Right. Be- and, and when I say most known for, it's like that's where most of my social following comes from, whether it be on Twitter or YouTube or Instagram or whatever. Um, that fan base for Supernatural is unbelievable. Probably the most supportive fan base I've ever. Fandoms are very, very ravenous. This is like the fandom. I don't know of a fandom that is more ravenous than the one for this show. I mean, it's why the show has been on for 11 years, which is just insane to me. And now, I mean, it really is the gift that keeps on giving because I did that one episode. I greatly increased my social following twitter and all that stuff which has helped out in a big way and now i kind of i travel the world doing conventions for Uh, that show just really milking it yeah well they invite me you know they they they'll call up and they'll say do you want to come to london to do this convention which is literally a convention just for supernatural and they have them all over the world and i go and and get to meet every all the fans and and uh and take pictures and sign stuff, and it, it's amazing. But how does one episode make that happen? It was a really good episode. It it's also again because the fandom is so amazing and incredible. They um, fixate on even people that just do one episode, yeah. and you know, there's to this day. I mean, that was a couple of years ago, and to this day, I get tweets saying, "When are you coming back to Supernatural? When are you coming back to Supernatural?" And there's always talk about me coming back and all that stuff because I'm one of the few characters that didn't die on the show. And so, yeah, it's just – I guess also the episode was sort of an origin story for my character who's pretty much a Jewish superhero. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But all, all Jews are superheroes in a way. You know what in I mean? some way, yeah. yeah. When it comes to, like, saving money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's just so, so cliche yeah. and stereotyping. Uh, so – What's going on? Like, you're obviously you're working. I'm working. Do you have any? Um, I mean, I would love to call this like talking shit, but That's, you probably won't do it because yeah. you're like a nice guy. Yeah. But is there anyone like that? Is there any like horror stories that you have? Of, just from anything? Any any acting? Like, I just like to hear like. Well, I either people being really cool or really shitty. Well, so this is a funny story, but I feel like I've I I, I told this on my podcast not too long ago, but I will I will tell you it right now. Um. So I – one of the plays that I did when I was around 12 years old, uh, I did a production of it in New York. I did a production of it in Florida, and then we did a tour of it uh, before it went to Broadway. And then – In Florida, you got to get that Florida market to really test out. Well, because it was a post-Holocaust play, and so they were like, let's go to Coconut Grove and get every old yeah. Jew there yeah. to watch this play, at which we did. And they all loved it, and I did it with Theodore Bikel. And then when we did the pre-Broadway tour – they, uh, Theo, uh, who played my grandfather, and it was pretty much just me and him on stage the entire time, he had to go do an, uh, a production of Fiddler on the Roof because he's done, like, yeah. every production of it, basically. Um, and uh, Theodore Bikel, rest in peace, he just passed away not too long ago. Um, and they recast him with Hal Linden. Okay. Do you know, you know Hal Barney Linden? Barney Miller. Barney Miller, yeah. correct. I'm old, yes. So, <laughs> so Barney Miller slash Hal Linden. The fact uh, that you're calling him Barney Miller lets me know where this is going. <laughs> yes. He 
comes to to rehearsal, and I'm 12 years old. Right. They've recast everybody in the play except for me. Okay. okay, and me and Theo originally got amazing reviews, yes. and everybody loved it, and that's why we were doing another production. And Hal never really remembered his lines, and also the director kind of made the mistake because we had to play a chess game in one of the scenes and I had to like beat him and we actually had the moves planned out. So they were like, Oh, will you just teach Hal the moves that you guys did in the scene? So here's this 12 year old kid teaching this old man, the, you know, the things he needs to do on stage in this play that he's the star of. And he just didn't like me from the very beginning. Uh. Yeah. Just hated me. I mean, for good reason too, because I, you know, I was a precocious, obnoxious kid who is now telling him what to do and like kind of like, oh, this is what Theo used to do, yeah. you know, and that kind of thing. So we go on tour and he gets ripped apart in the reviews yeah. because everyone's comparing him to Theodore Bikel, who's an actual Holocaust survivor, and and Hal Linden is not, and playing kind of a caricature. And and I get great reviews again because they remembered me from the last time. And so that just fueled it even more. He really just didn't like me. It was very clear. He had them like cut the legs off my chair at a dinner scene because he said part of the audience couldn't see him. And just like things like that were going on. And then when we were on our way back to New York to start rehearsals for Broadway, I got a call from my manager saying that I had gotten fired. Um, to keep Helen and on? Well, to keep him happy. Yeah, okay. basically. I mean, they didn't say that, but yeah. I knew that that was the only re- – I mean, I was, again, the only one getting good yeah. reviews – you know, how, did, how long did it last after that? So this is what happened. So I got six weeks of severance pay yeah. for Broadway. Um, the show opened and closed in three weeks. And I believe the post said it was like reliving the Holocaust all over again. So that, that was how that went. And then uh, just to round this out, he then – the next time I see Hal Linden is on a plane – to Vancouver, where he's going to play my grandfather on Supernatural. So you guys remember that? Episode? Ten years later. Did he remember you? Or? He remembered me. I don't think he knew that I knew why I got fired. Yeah. So it was never mentioned. Was he cool? He was cool. We got lunch. Yeah. I never brought it up, and that was it. Oh, wow. I know. I know. Weird. Wasn't, isn't that crazy? I mean, they obviously had no idea that we had ever worked together. I mean, and there's so many Hal Linden stories out there. Too. You know exactly. what I mean? Like he's always in the tabloids. He is just yeah. He's fighting with Kylie Jenner all the time. This podcast episode is going to blow up because <laughs> oh of this God. story. The Lindenheads <laughs> are going to go crazy for this. Did you ever have any? Um, okay. Now this this is now I just like to gossip because again like Let's I'm still it. this guy like living in New York like digging ditches for the New York State Parks thinking like oh this is the like people like the lives other people would live not the life I would live so I'm still that person. Any uh, romantic drama with any, like, famous people or people on sets or any hot mm, stuff? I don't know. Not did you date really. Any, did you, have you dated any celebrities? I've dated what you might call celebrities, but it's never been, like, from working with them yeah. or anything like that. It's just been, you know, meeting them out and is about. That, is that secret? Yeah. Okay. I mean, cool. Got yeah, it. I'm not Understood. gonna. I'm not gonna name who who they were, but but uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yeah. Other <laughs> than like say. you know Paris Hilton yeah. and uh, Lindsay yeah. Lohan, okay. obviously, and 
uh, whoever else is in the tabloids uh, regularly. I'm like I'm naming people in the yeah, tabloids exactly. from like five years ago. Yeah. Nicole Richie, Nicole is there. Richie, Anna Nicole Smith. I mean, Anna Nicole a... Smith. I dated her for a while, <laughs> oh, yeah. so you okay, know, cool. Us Weekly. Cool. Be sure I, to pick that up. We're just letting you know how relevant you are right now. Very relevant. Very relevant. No, you can tell I've been in a relationship for four years. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, that's. I'll just I'll come to my own conclusions. Yeah, exactly. Just make stuff up and say it about me. That's fine. Uh, uh, do you steal Hal Linden's girl or something? Yeah. No. No, he, me, I, and we're still together. That's who I've been with for four years, <laughs> <Wow>. actually. <laughs> um, but you know, with all this, like you know, you 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 make your living doing what you do, which is great. And a lot of people um, out here can't say that. You know what I mean? Like, sure. there's a lot of people like, oh yeah, I'm an actor, and yes, you are an actor, but like, you make like five percent of your income from acting, right. the other ninety five from whatever, the, and that's fine. You're, you, however, it is is what you're doing, but you. Are making a living doing what you say you do. I'm one of the lucky guys. Yes, yeah. yes, very fortunate. Definitely. But that's not enough for you. No. You're like, I want some of this YouTube. Well, give me some of this YouTube. Well, here's why. Yeah. And and, and I've been talking about this a lot recently. Um, is I I love telling stories, right? That's why I'm an actor. That's why I write all of that stuff. And, and I like creating things. Um, and the problem is, is that I've spent quite a few years out here um, trying to minimize the window in between jobs, right? Trying to make that smaller. And the the fact of the matter is I don't have much control over that. You know, I get jobs when I get them. Luckily, it's often enough that I stay on television, I stay on movies, and I can pay my rent and all that stuff, which is great. But as an artist, I'm sick of waiting for people to let me tell stories and to let me make things and all that stuff. And, you know, I've written shows that are set up at production companies. I've, uh, I've written movies that we've been trying to get funded for God knows how long. I made a short film that we got to do all by, but even that we had to raise money for, and it did really well. We did 50 film festivals and won a bunch of awards. And, and then when we tried to make a feature film, it, it's taken a couple of years to get money in the bank for it, and it's it's just a nightmare kind of when it comes to wanting to be prolific and wanting to kind of keep creating. So that brings me to YouTube. It started off with the show that I was doing for Mark Cuban's company called uh, – uh, the company is called Cyberdust, and they backed a show that I created called That's a First with Adam Rose where I do things for the first time. And I just figured it would live the best on YouTube. It would be great if you actually never had a, a real job. And that was your one of the things you did, but you technically have done that. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I was a host for a second, yeah. so that that kind of counts. Um, uh, but anyway, so that you know, once I did that, in order to make sure that I got the most out of that show, or the show got the most out of the exposure, basically, I dove headfirst into YouTube, and and at first. You know, I I think I was in the place where most people are at with YouTube, you know, in the general public, which is like, oh, you know, people putting cat videos up and filming themselves eating breakfast and stuff like that. Not interested. And then as I dove into it and I started finding creators and voices that that I really connected with and that were making content that I really loved and wanted to check back in for and all that stuff. And I really began to understand the psychology of the medium and fell in love with it. And now it's pretty much most of the content that I consume is from YouTube. I've found YouTubers that I love. Um, you know, I've been meeting great people like you. Uh, and it's, 
what I, here's what I love about YouTube in comparison to Hollywood. In Hollywood, one person's success means a bunch of other people's failure, right? You audition for a role, a bunch of other people don't get that role, and one person gets it, right? You know, uh, one person, yeah, it, it, that's just how it goes. You know, not everybody wins in Hollywood. On YouTube, however, one person's success means everyone around them, uh, around them their success as well. That, you know, you build off each other's audiences. When somebody does really well, you can do really well too. And there's, not, there's enough to go around. And so that's something that really struck a chord with me because there's such a competition in Hollywood that can be so exhausting that being involved in a community that is exactly that. It's a community where people are helping each other and supporting each other and all those things. That to me is a beautiful thing. And also I just feel like why shouldn't artists have a direct relationship with their audience? We have the internet now. We don't need all the middlemen anymore. You don't, we don't need people to say yes to us. We can just put our stuff out there. And if people like it, they like it. And if they don't, they don't. And that's the, I mean that, you know, I always compare it to like when you watched you know, a TV show, you can't tell the guy from The Mentalist. I don't know if that's a show. Yeah, a, yeah. You can't tell him he sucks or he's great. Really. Right. I mean, you can on Twitter, but on YouTube, you really can, like, say, like, I think you suck. I think you're great. And I think there's a lot of magic in that. And then not just that, but also, you know, I think the biggest thing is just indifference, you know? So if somebody puts something up that sucks, people just don't watch it, you know? And, and... TV, that's not really true. You yeah. know, you can put stuff on TV that is really, really bad, and people will still watch it because people, a lot of the time, just have the TV on for background noise. Yeah. I mean, I literally use TV for background noise a lot of the time, and I'll end up watching some ridiculous thing that I would never in a million years choose to watch. Um, so that's kind of been, you know, the last few months have been eye-opening for me when it comes to uh, YouTube and the value in it. What do you, what do you, like, what ambitions do you have? Like, what, I know there's, like, there's no really goal. I mean, I think it's ongoing, but is there something you're like, I really would like this to happen with this as a... With YouTube? Yeah. Um, I would like to... Have people watch. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to grow my audience, <laughs> yeah. for sure. But the truth is, is I, yeah, I mean, I love that people enjoy watching the videos that I'm making. I would love to have... um more resources to make bigger and better things on YouTube. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's obviously a certain part of me that would love to grow enough of a following on YouTube that it will translate into mainstream things. And I will get to work more often because of it and all of those things. But the truth is, is thinking long-term and down the line, I have a feeling that this, relationship that I'm developing with my audience is something that's going to stay with me for my entire life and and really be the basis for how I distribute any art that I create. Yeah. 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 I mean that's that's the goal for me is just to continue the conversation between me and my audience and make it more of a one-on-one uh, -on -one give and take kind of thing. Do you think it, they're the crossover between people that know you from like being on television right. to like, well, I'm doing this thing online. Is there like a pretty good, like, uh, 
trying to think of the way are, are people very responsive back and forth to the two different things i would say it's a mix i think some people who have watched me on tv and like the stuff that i do on there might be like what the hell is he doing on youtube now yeah. like are things not going great for him right and uh and then there are also a lot of people out there that are like oh my god i can't believe i get to have this insight into this person's life now when before i just saw him on TV saying other people's words, you know? And I think that kind of a connection is something that I never really valued before. And I think part of it is because there was always this idea that actors need to be mysterious and like can't know everything about them. But I think that's just an old concept. I don't think that's true anymore. I think people want to know that you're a real person. They want to know who you are. Invest in you. They want to invest in who you are personally, not in whatever character you're playing this week or whatever, you know? Um, and I don't think that takes away from your ability to act in things and to, uh, you know, be different characters. Because the fact is, is people people are on to the fact that we're, there are actors and that, you know, they know how things work now and they can suspend their disbelief for enough time to watch you in something, even if they know who you are. Well, it looks like you got it all. I mean... All you need now is a podcast, which you already have. Hey, and they can listen to that play.it slash Rosecast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks so much for, for um, being on. I mean, of you, course. Didn't, you didn't dish any, like, the, the juicy dirt. Tell me. Do you want some, like, what, what kind of juicy dirt know. can I, I like, give you? I just, like, we'll do it. It'll be after hours. Yeah. We'll do well, it after hours. You can yeah, yeah, yeah when we start That's drinking. For, this is for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is, you know, this is for them. I need something for me. I'll um, give you. I'll give you something to bite on after okay, this. Nice, yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah. Uh, but you have a, your podcast, Rosecast. Yeah, Rosecast. You can find it on iTunes. Um, CBS produces it, and it's on their Play It network. So you can find it at Play It slash Rosecast. And YouTube channel. YouTube channel is youtubecom slash official. Not the wrestler. Not the wrestler. That's what it should be. It should be youtubecom slash not the wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who doesn't want the wrestler can get you. Exactly. That's what I mean. And Twitter is Twitter is at real Adam Rose, right. and the same as Instagram and Snapchat is all real Adam Rose. Look at you, You're like a true influencer. I, I, the truth is, and I did this at, uh, on Twitter. I tweeted like all my social media yeah. handles and websites and all that stuff, and I realized, yes, I have a ton of social media um, accounts, and I love them all. Yeah. I love social media. I just love social media. I think there's – I realize that, you know, yes, I'm an artist, but I also love the conversation that, you know, social media provides. I I love sharing things, and I love when people share things with me. I just – I like that. It's it's near and dear to my heart. Well, it loves you back. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm social media. Hey, I'm the, social I'm the media. President of social media. Oh man, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, I didn't tell you that before I started. I don't want to be nervous. Oh, this is huge. Yeah. Um, so can I? No. Well, will no. you? But if but, nah, can't help you. <sighs> Too bad. I thought this was gonna no. be a lot different. No, <laughs> I no. This... nope. Nope. <laughs> thought I was gonna get a lot more out of this. No, you just get this. Uh, this is the Friends Without Benefits podcast. You can find me at YouTube.com/slash Jason Horton. Maybe they want to subscribe and. Leave a comment and tell they them how should, great – They should subscribe to yeah. you for sure because you're hilarious. Yeah, and they can maybe you know, you know, ask, ask, the, ask the hard-hitting questions in the comments and maybe you get Adam to, uh, to answer them. Yeah, I, I answer – by the way, on my YouTube channel, I answer every single comment right now. 
Whoa. But yeah, I know. For the, price of, for the price of zero. For nothing. Yes. For literally absolutely. nothing, I will answer a comment. Yes. Yeah, and that's it. Well, there you go. This is the Friends Without Benefits podcast. We're just, we're a couple guys wearing V-necks. Thank you so much. <laughs> mm-hmm.